Is becoming a new manager really that hard? Is gossiping at work good for you? Is it okay to take meetings from a salon chair in the middle of the workday? These are the kinds of questions and hot topics we dive into every day on our hit newsletter, Girlboss Daily. What else can you expect? Dream job postings, A-plus career advice, and a few emojis. Because we're fun like that. All delivered right to your inbox. Join 250,000 ambitious women and sign up at girlboss.com newsletter. That's girlboss.com newsletter. Hello, and welcome back to Girlboss Radio. I'm your host, Avery. I'm the founder and CEO of Bloom, a workplace design consultancy on a mission to build work that works for everyone. Today, I'm joined by Adrian and Hyla, the women behind the It Girl Swim and Lifestyle brand, 437. The co-founders met at university while studying commerce and became fast friends and eventually roommates. Hyla and Adrian were on a trip in the Amalfi Coast, and they couldn't find swimsuits that were flattering and curve-friendly. And thus, the idea for 437 was born. They were just 21 years old. Today, 437 is loved and worn by celebs like Kylie Jenner, Megan Thee Stallion, and J-Lo, and appeared in Vogue and Forbes. No big deal. I chatted with the Forbes 30 Under 30 founders about how to start an e-commerce business with no business experience and what it's really like to go into business with your best friend. Let's get into it. Hyla and Adrian, welcome to Girlboss Radio. I am so excited to have this conversation with you both today. I wanted to take this opportunity to share a little bit more about your story because it's just so incredible. Yeah, well, we're excited to talk about this five, almost six year journey now. I know it's so exciting. So I think for folks listening, I want to share a little bit of context. You went from working on your business 437 in between university classes at Queens to being on the Forbes 30 under 30 list in four years. How did you initially meet? We met at business school when we were in university. We met, we actually met at a corporate social responsibility conference. I think what drew us to each other was the fact that we both felt like outsiders in our program a little bit. So when we would start talking and brainstorming, I think we just really vibed together. And we also weren't part of like the popular groups at university and we didn't really have any friends. So we just immediately became best friends. We lived together. That's actually where the name 437 comes from. Our house was on 437 Johnson Street. Yeah, that was our story on how we met. I love that. And Adrienne, I'd love to hear your thoughts. What did you feel when you first met Hyla? I think it was just exciting to meet someone who was like-minded to me. Our first actual times hanging out were not so much as like friends going for coffee, but we actually were trying to come up with an idea for this conference that we brainstormed. It never went anywhere. What then inspires you to start a company together? So the idea for the company came to us before we went into fourth year. When we were in third year, part of the commerce program at Queens was going on exchange and doing study abroad. So while we were in our third year, Hila was living in Rome and I was living in Toulouse, which is southwestern France. And every single weekend, the two of us would meet up and just travel to whatever hot destination we could find the cheapest flights to, basically. So we were going from Portugal one weekend to Greece the next, to the Amalfi Coast. And every single time as we were traveling, we realized that we just didn't have any cute bikinis. And we would go to all the local stores and try and find bikinis there. And we just felt like everything we tried on was not flattering. And at this time, Instagram was kind of just becoming a thing that brands were starting to use. So 
we had seen a couple Instagram brands around and we had followed a few that were based in Australia and were swimwear brands. And that idea of having a brand that was on Instagram was so exciting to us that when we got back from exchange, we were both working our summer internships. We kind of kept FaceTiming and talking at night until we said, we had this idea on exchange. Why don't we actually try and see if it can work? So we started meeting up after work, brainstorming, starting the website, coming up with a name, doing all those like little basic things. The reason we came up with 437, like Hila said, is because we were living on 437 Johnson, but we hadn't even lived there at the time that we came up with that name. We just didn't know what to name the company and we didn't want to regret what we chose. So we felt like if we choose 437, it's kind of neutral. It's a number. You can't go wrong. We can't be embarrassed about it in a few years and our power to try and build this company on the back end. That's incredible. And out of curiosity, were there some other names that you're thinking of going with that you just ended up ditching? (laughs) The only one I can remember was Parissa Beach. (laughs) And just because we had had some really funny exchange experiences at Parissa Beach, which is in Santorini, I believe. So we actually even have the Instagram handle (laughs) for Parissa Beach, but it was more of an inside joke then. You've already mentioned this, Adrian, but Folks listening are probably like, how the hell did you start a business while you're in university and you didn't have outside funding? Like, how did you actually make this possible? Honestly, I think it was just a really slow growth for us. It wasn't that we suddenly had investors backing us or we had some big cash handout from our parents or something like that. We basically just took a very small amount of our savings and we bootstrapped our way very slowly. So we would buy a certain amount of inventory that we could afford and then sell that inventory, save every single penny within the business and then do that same thing again. That has been our model ever since we started for the last six years, it's continued. And it's worked well for us. I think it worked at a time also when Instagram was a little bit different. The whole social media landscape obviously has changed a lot over the last several years. But when we started, it was really just that everything was free. We were able to post on Instagram for free. Hyla and I were considering our time free resources for the first few years of the business as well. So all we really needed the money for was to put up a Shopify site and then to buy our inventory. And beyond that, we didn't really ever seek other funding. We just were a little bit nervous about taking on debt. And we just believed that we should try and stay as lean as possible and test it out and see I guess we just saw it working and that's why we stuck with that whole bootstrap model. What you're saying is that you don't need a lot to get started. And I know that you've built an entire course and you go through, it's like 17 or 18 modules, right? Where you essentially guide people through starting an e-commerce business. Why we started it was because the most common question Adrian and I would get DM'd or emailed to us is, hey, I'm starting a company and I have no idea where to start. Like, how did you guys start 437? And of course, you know, we've spent a lot of our time over the last few years trying to give back, give information on TikTok and resources and our perspective and advice through all of our channels. But I think at the end of the day, little piece of advice is not going to necessarily build a pathway to launching a successful company. So we decided to put our heads down for a year, almost part time, like after hours of 437 work. And we created this 18 module roadmap of everything you need to know about starting a business, starting from, you know, how do I set it up? Do I get a business partner? How do I position my business on a positioning map against competitors in this space? How do I find a manufacturer? How do I build a collection? How do I fund it? Then how do I market it? Influencer marketing and and every sort of aspect along those lines. And, And 
the number one thing that is difficult that a lot of people don't talk about starting a company is how do you sell the product in terms of on launch day, Adrian and I, we thought we would sell out. We saw on Instagram at the time, a lot of these brands that we were following and founders, just overnight success stories. And it was so inspiring. And then reality kicked in when we launched 437. And on that day, it was two orders, one of them being from our best friend. So (laughs) it was a reality check for us that, oh, we actually have to do something. How do you convince someone to purchase from you? And so obviously that's a big part of why we wanted to create the course as well, is that a lot of people don't understand what they're about to get themselves into. And the confidence is what sets people back. There were so many times where I would give people some advice, like a 30 minute coffee chat. And then a year later I would check in and they said, oh, well, I didn't keep going. It got really difficult. Or, you know, I tried a strategy, didn't work out. And I think at the end of the day, it's that, do you know what it takes to launch a company and a successful one? But yeah, that's a very, very difficult part of starting a business is that how do you get to $100 a day to $1,000 a day to $10,000 a day? And that's like the big question mark. Okay. So I want to go back to something that you'd mentioned earlier. No outside funding. You didn't have a robust IG following. You said you had about 300 followers at the time. And I think that a lot of people assume that you need to have a lot of IG followers to build a successful business now, especially when it comes to these like direct to consumer brands and no designer business experience building this company in university. You've already mentioned a couple, but what were some of the other like biggest challenges that you faced in the early days of building the company? It's almost like what weren't the challenges because every single part of the business was challenging, whether it was us trying to find a manufacturer without knowing what we were doing trying to sign new manufacturers, produce in different places. We have this one time where we thought we would do a local production run in New York and we lost $30,000 when the manufacturer basically like up and left overnight and just never got back to us with anything and the money just disappeared. We also obviously mentioned struggled a lot with actually generating those initial sales. The two of us were just these university students in Kingston, Ontario. We didn't have a lot of followers. We didn't really know like how to grow on social media. We didn't feel like we had the connections to give it to our friend who was an influencer and have them post it for us. Everything we were doing was really like, let's just DM someone and like cross our fingers and hope basically. That whole sales process at the beginning was what was super difficult for us. I remember like following 437, probably right at its infancy and watching it go from my friends wearing it and being like, this is the most comfortable, like silky smooth, buttery soft swimwear ever to like Kylie Jenner wearing it or Meg the Stallion wearing it on a yacht on a vacation with her girlfriends twerking. And I'm like, holy smokes, like what is going on here? So with all that said, what was the biggest financial milestone that your company has met to date? When we first realized that we were really onto something, like we have a business that has legs, let's keep investing in it, let's build out our team. I think that point was around when we're making, let's just say on average, $1,000 a day, let's say like an average of a 30K month, more so because you have this consistency of $1,000 a day. And it was around that time we brought on our first employee, we started considering maybe even a little bit after that, we'd start paying ourselves. It just kind of became a point where we can't keep treating this like a side hustle anymore even maybe hitting a million dollar a month. That was just like our wildest dreams. We would have never, ever thought that that would have happened. I remember Adrian and I, when we first 
we're starting 437 and every dollar we could save, we put towards our manufacturing trip and we went overseas to Asia. And then we gave ourselves a few weeks in Bali and we lived so frugally there, sharing a bed and, and off of $10 of food a day. But I remember we were sitting on the floor and Adrian has this video of me. She asked me, okay, Hyla, when will it be if this company that we're currently working on that hasn't even launched it, when is it that you've made it? And I remember saying, whoa, if we got 50 orders a day, like we have made it. Whoa. And that equivalent would be about $5,000 a day from a, let's just say $100 average order value. When we hear that, we look back on those memories. It's just one of those pinch me moments. And at the end of the day, when you're growing a company, you get so consumed with how do I keep growing from today? Because now we have, let's say 20 people on our team and we have these bills to pay. Like the amount of bills we have to pay is so enormous that when you surpass the $5,000 a day mark and you're growing, sometimes you forget to stop and smell the roses. But I think at the end of the day, we have to remind ourselves, let's be proud. And I know this might be a little off topic, but I just want to say that when we were thinking of starting 437, we almost didn't because we thought there were so many swimmer brands on the market. I remember we took a picture of the competitor list in the landscape at the time. And we came across that picture, I think a few months ago. And I would say like 80% of them are not brands that are on our radar right now. Wow. Some of them fell off or some of them are just such a different demographic. But those were the brands that we almost didn't launch 437 because we were like, oh, they have so many customers. How are we going to stand out? So just remember, like there's enough space for everybody, but you just have to keep going. I love that. I remember when I did Bloom, it was just two of us. We made $200,000 in a year and I was over the moon. And now like we can do that in a month and I'm not celebrating nearly as much because I'm like, oh, the work that comes along with that level of revenue is, it's really stressful. We used to celebrate literally every little thing because we were so excited by like every little win. And now you just become out of the habit of celebrating those things because you have so many other things on your mind and you let the stresses of the business sometimes take you away from the joys of the business. The one way I found that has been the most natural way for Adrian and I to celebrate or to feel almost like these pinch me moments has been anything to do with our community. Because Adrian is so right. Like when it comes to revenue, it comes to PR placements, it comes to a Black Friday doing great. Like we just realized like those were our goals. Maybe we hit them, maybe we surpassed them or we didn't. But that's just like we had to hit those numbers to pay our bills and to try to stay profitable. But I think at the end of the day, those intangible moments when we have a warehouse sale and the line wraps for five hours for the DMs that we get, even one I got today, I had a follower, you know, reach out to me and say, you know, your active wear has made me really excited to go back to the gym. And thank you so much. Send me a photo of her at Pilates. Those moments we like put on the pedestal, we feel incredible about, we are always sending to each other, but I don't know why the other parts are so much more difficult to celebrate. (laughs) I love what you said, Adrian, about the importance of celebrating and how it's hard to celebrate those bigger milestones when you're starting out. So one thing that I encourage folks that are listening in on, and then also just for us in general, like we can have our little own accountability crew here, is we should celebrate more. Are you a recruiter, manager, or HR pro looking for your next great hire? Head to the Girlboss Job Board to post your open role. Girlboss Jobs highlights the hottest listings in marketing, cannabis, tech, finance, social media, and more for our community of over 2 million ambitious women. We're kind of like career matchmakers. Head to jobs.girlboss.com. That's jobs.girlboss.com to post and promote your job today.
You're listening to my conversation with Hyla and Adrian of 437. Next up, we talk about how starting a business together affected their friendship. Let's get back into it. So how has having a business together impacted your relationship? I think over time, we've realized that we got really lucky in working with each other because we have very complementary skill sets. We really believe in each other. We have the same vision for the brand, but I don't sit in on calls with her or like feel that the both of us need to be on everything. And I think like having that dynamic has worked really well for us because it's given us space to grow in our career and feel like we're developing as individuals. So I think honestly, we were, we got really lucky just by chance when we started the business together. I remember at the beginning, we were like, okay, well, during work hours, maybe we just talk about work. And during personal hours, we can talk about our personal like friendship stuff. And I remember we thought that that was what had to happen. But I think at the end of the day, you make it what works best for your relationship. And for us, we're able to make it work that during, you know, a lot of times on our Monday morning calls, we do a little catch up of our weekends. If we weren't together that weekend, for example, you know, like we just realized that that works for us. And then we always know we're going to get into business afterwards. And sometimes when we're out for dinner, we talk about work and it's fun for us. And we also know where our limit is. So I think you just have to really understand that you have to respect each other and go above and beyond in your own role at the company, because you're almost accountable for that section that you have. So it's been a blessing for sure. I love that, that you both have that experience. And I think that, of course, there's like no one size fits all solution to finding like the best co-founder. At Girlboss Radio, we're all about exploring the different ways in which women define success. So Adrian, I'd love to hear from you. How do you define success? Hila and I talk about this a lot, but success is not just how well your company is doing. That's definitely my answer as well. I think ultimately a good indication for me of if I'm feeling like I'm successful is am I becoming a better person? If 437 is having its most successful year, let's just say we're doing $100 million, knock on wood, let's manifest one day. But if that meant that all of a sudden I'm this miserable person, I'm not kind to others, I'm not kind to myself, that to me is not going to make me happy. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not that. <laughs> so based on your different definitions of success, do you feel like you are successful? I think that I'm getting closer to it. I don't think that I'm 100% where I want to be in terms of a holistic sense of success nor joy fully. The way we've structured 437 and even our own personal calendars and made sure we put time for our other activities and our other passions, I'm definitely getting closer to it. I love to hear that. And how about you, Adrian? I was going to say, Hila, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> We're so aligned on these types of ideas. I think Hila and I both have really prioritized wellness and working on ourselves and all of this sort of stuff. So I feel like you could close your eyes and get the answer and it would be the same answer from both of us. So I feel the exact same. I think I'm closer now than I ever have been, but I know I have a long way to go and I'm excited for what that's going to look like. Aw, I'm watching you both watching each other talk and share your thoughts and everything. And I can just tell that you both just support each other and are rooting for each other. It's so nice. Okay, so before we wrap up, I wanted to ask one final question. I don't think that I ask people this enough. And I think that inherently being an entrepreneur means taking a lot of risks. So can you tell us about a time that you took a big risk with the brand and let us know how it actually turned out? 
about a year and a half ago, we were mainly known for our swimwear and we took a risk to branch into activewear. It was such an alignment for us because wellness is such a huge part of our lives and we're constantly in our workout gear. And when we realized that there were still gaps in the market in terms of the activewear we were purchasing, at the end of the day at 437, like the fit of our products is what our bread and butter is. We really want to feel like snatch, but also comfortable and certain areas to be emphasized, we can take what is considered a simple legging and make it so much more flattering or a simple matching set, but bring it into the color rays that our community has already loved in our swimwear. And so we decided to take that risk and launch into active a year and a half ago. And like anything, launching a new category is almost like launching a new company. And it's really scary because again, you're investing into at that point, you know, we're talking like a lot of money into production. Now it's the photo shoot, then the website, there's so much that goes into it. And so when we launched, it was almost like a mixed feeling. It did well. I don't know if it hit our projection or maybe just shy of it. It was kind of around there, but it wasn't like this overwhelming, like sellout. Oh my gosh. Crazy moment. Again, like is so glamorized in most brands we see. But I think what was such a defining point for our success in our activewear now has been that we never gave up. People probably assumed it was going to be like a one and done launch, but we knew that it really doesn't matter even today how activewear does. We're never going to stop launching activewear because A, I literally live in it. It's such an extension of who we are. And one thing I think is really important about a company realizing success is being humble enough to look at your product and saying, maybe it's not as perfect as you think it is. A lot of business owners get so caught up, oh, my business idea is perfect or this colorway is perfect or this style is perfect. They, they don't get the reception and then they give up on their business. And we took all that, we kept iterating, we brought new colors, we brought shorts, we did our really flattering V front legging in the espresso color with the micro bra that we have is like our number one seller. And the first three months of 2023 now, Activewear has been 50% or more of our revenue every single day. So that's been really exciting for us to see because we never would have expected that, especially like the way it launched and it took time for it to become really well known within even our community, but beyond that now as well. So very scary risk. And I want to just also iterate that we've also taken risks in the past in other categories and they were not necessarily as successful. But the key ingredient was that those other categories, we didn't just keep launching, keep launching and a year and a half in, then finally see that success like we did with activewear. I've been wearing Lululemon for a long time. Okay. So it takes a lot, a lot to kind of break me free. How do like Lululemon leggings compare to the 437 leggings? I think at the end of the day, it's always going to be a personal decision of what you're looking for. When you come to us, you know that that's kind of the feeling that you're going to get. So I would say if you're looking for a certain type of feel, you definitely are going to find that at 437. And then in terms of fit, all of those little details that make the biggest difference in how you feel and whether you feel confident in your activewear, I think 437 has done. So you may find that with the leggings that you've always known and loved, they do the job for you. But if you're looking for your leggings to kind of do a little bit of extra work for you and maybe make your bum look even that much nicer and give you a bit more of a cinched waist or whatever it is you're looking for with your activewear. I think 437 really has worked on our design team to come out with those silhouettes that are going to make you feel really comfortable and confident, but they're also perfect for going to the gym, doing Pilates, going on walks, whatever it is that you want to do in your activewear. For example, myself, 
I love doing Pilates. I like to lift. I like to every once in a while go to a Barry's class, but then also just like my everyday living and running errands. I think we've done a really good hybrid between that. This sold me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check it out because I love your other products. So what we do at Girl Boss Radio is at the end of every conversation, we do a little in or out segment. So I wanted to just quickly get your thoughts on what you both believe are in or out. Adrian, we're going to start with you. So in or out, mix, match, bikinis. Out. Thoughts, Hyla? Out. Yep. Since day one, <laughs> out. Always out. It's one of our pet peeves. <laughs> VC funding. In? Don't just feel like you need it. If it can help you scale, then that's great. Working nonstop. Out. Out. Definitely not what we believe in, a 437. Remote work. Also in. In. Building in public. Very in. In. Failing in public. In, and probably we need to be more in about it. In, but I can understand why a lot of people don't because it's very vulnerable and challenging time that you're probably working on everything else and you don't have time to post about it. But vulnerability is is strength. Checking your email the moment you wake up. Out. (laughs) Out. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. I definitely wanted to hear your thoughts on the mixed match bikini situation because I see it and I'm not a bikini connoisseur, but I'm like, this is out. <laughs> it's always like one of those things. I think there's trends, you know, sometimes our, our design team will be like, this is a big trend. And we're just like, we don't care. <laughs> we don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> so for folks that want to continue to follow along on your journey and support your work, where can they find you? You can find us on Instagram at 437 or at our website, shop437.com for all the swimwear and activewear. For the course, how the fuck do I start on everything you need to know about starting and scaling a brand. You can find that at how-tf.com. And on both websites, you can use Girlboss at checkout for 15% off. Awesome. And we'll share that insight for everyone that is interested in the info section. But Hyla, Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I've loved working with you in the past and I'm just really happy I was able to take some time to learn a little bit more about your journeys as like besties that started a business together and founders. And I'm wishing you like all the success in the future, more success, more wins and more celebrating. We loved your question. Thank you so much, Avery. And that's a wrap on my conversation with Hyla and Adrian. I really appreciate how open they were about the financial growth of their business. Wild. Tune in next week for another conversation with a special guest. And until then, please rate this episode or leave a comment to let us know what you thought. As always, this podcast is produced by Liz Goober and Victoria Christie and edited by Diego Domine. Until next time, keep blooming. 